shit. Great. Welcome to the latest episode of the Geek Easy and Stuff podcast. It's always brought to you by either our good friends of the Blood Podcast Network, iTunes, Podbean, YouTube, and all other places where you can find people spouting inane nonsense or podcasts out in the wild. That was my phone. Dig. Shit! Dig. Right at the end. Get the beautiful. bell on. That was beautiful, that was. Uh, there may be swearing. Don't say fucker, buddy. Yeah. So it's uh, it's the it's the bank holiday Monday recording before Halloween. Yay! So Best time of the year. It is. Christmas is fucking going shite. It is probably my favourite time of the year. I do love Christmas, but oh, Halloween, man. It's the tits. Yeah. It really is. Uh, so we were going to do a special themed episode here, kind of. Talk about the we're going to talk about horror and stuff. We're going to talk about yeah, horror and comic, but we're going to talk about the upcoming releases for this week. But we're, we're then going to kind of spout off into what we think are what our personal favourite horror comics are and yes. movies and other stories and stuff like that. Talk about horror shit. Horror shite. Yeah, you'll yeah. hear the occasional click of Anto Price and comics in the background because he's working yeah. really hard. It, it's the re- it's the realism we're giving you. We're actually in the environment of Dublin <laughs> City Comics, so it's the realism behind the whole thing. In the meat and guts. Yeah, so right, right, right up in there in the guts. Right up, right up in the guts. guts. That sounds gross. And um, right, so we'll, we'll get the the new stuff coming in this week out of the way, nice and quick. We should probably do that in the beginning. Yeah, just so people, if you want to tune in, in the beginning, if you want to get the important information and you don't want to stick around for the nonsense and shite, you can just get in, get that, and get the fuck out. Or if you want to stick around for the nonsense, just skip past the important shit at the start. Oh, good either or, yeah, vice bounce. versa. So anyway, new comics coming in this week. There's a bit of a horror vibe to it as well, which is kind of cool. But first off the bat, we've Chrononauts, Future Shock issues one to four. So all four issues drop all at once. All four issues. This is from Mark Miller. Yes. And now is this on Miller's own label? Yes. Right. And is Miller just being Miller, being a box? Just being Miller, yeah. There you go. <laughs> like, I'm going to do what I want. Hey, fuck you lads. He's a fucking Totally. Man. Met him a few times actually at um, his old comic convention, Capel. Yeah, I never made it over to Capel. Uh, but yeah. It was a great, great convention. Mm. A lot of fun. Um, but anyway, I digress. <coughs> also, because of the horror theme with this week, we have Basket Full of Heads, Joe Hill's new comic. Deceased, the final issue. Uh, Joker Killer Smile, which I can presume is going to be pretty horrific. Uh, Marvel Zombies Resurrection. And Vampire State Building. Amongst lots and lots of other stuff. So Va- Vampire State is the uh, new Charlie Adler yes. vampire story. I read the first issue. That was pretty good, actually. Cool. Uh, and, uh, well, the first issue was out a couple of weeks ago. I haven't read the second issue because it's not out yet. Yeah. Um, and did I say Excalibur as well? No, you didn't mention Excalibur. I probably skipped over Excalibur because I was reading horror comics. But Excalibur number one is out. Hang on, so they're relaunching Excalibur? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a whole new slew of X titles. Six of them, I think. And is is Excalibur going to be Captain Britain-led, or what is it? I'm pretty sure he's in there. Yeah? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's in there. Because the last one of my... Well, it's been a while since it's been out, but the MI-13 run by Paul Cornell. Yeah. It wasn't so much Excalibur, it was like Captain Britain and MI-13, I think was what they called it, but one of the best Marvel comics to come out in the last God knows how long. Cool. Now, it came out ages ago. It's, it's a good while ago now that this was out. So you probably get it in trade? You could you could pick it up and trade, yeah, definitely. Um, real good fantasy um, story set in the in, in kind of like the the UK and stuff like that. But it's got Captain Britain, it's got the the Black Knight, it's got the usual cast of characters. Yeah, uh, very well put together. Some nice fantasy in it. It's really really good. Um, and unfortunately, it was cancelled. Very oh, short. Man. It didn't have a very long shelf life. For some mm. reason, they decided to. It's probably around about the same time as a lot of other strong titles and that kind of. That happens they're, a bit. They were going through Marvel. Were kind of doing a, uh, I want to say a, not so much a UK revival, but they were bringing out a lot of their UK titles and, and oh, re- revitalizing that, yeah. their UK characters. Yeah. And uh, uh, Captain Britain and Emma Third. So this again, when you say Excalibur's going like, ex- when was the last time an actual an actual legitimate Excalibur run was out though? Because I always remember the Excalibur from the nineties. Hmm. So I can't remember when Excalibur itself was a, a long running, long time, long term running comic. Like 
month to month or week to week or whatever the hell it is. So I just I can't remember when that was, but because uh, again, Captain Britain and MI thirteen was was ages ago, and I don't think there's been an Excalibur since then. So it's interesting to see what to do with it. Who's on it? Um, I'm currently googling the previous Excalibur to find out the answer to that question you're asking a minute ago. Eighty seven originally was it was then well, it was Claremont on it. That's probably why it was so bloody good. Yeah, and I had the pleasure of meeting Claremont recently, and that was a. He's very unassuming man. Lovely. Him yeah. and his wife. He's real down to fucking earth, isn't he? Very chilled. Very chilled. Gave him a copy of the broker and he was happy to take that. He signed a few things for me and he was like, wished me all the best. Just lovely. Kind of, it's kind of weird when you meet people like that that have influenced your kind of taste in comics throughout the years so heavily. And you meet them and they're just so... Nice. Nice and normal. Simon Furman actually blew my mind for that when we met him. Yeah. He was just so grounded, like just such a deadly dude. And it's wacky when you meet creators that you... They must have so many people, particularly if they're in American-based comics and they're at the big cons in America. They have so many people coming to them going, oh my God, you know, you're run on X-Men or... I mean, Claremont must have some form of self-awareness of how influential his run on X-Men I'm was. I'm pretty sure he'd have to be aware of it, yeah. Yeah. Considering it's cited every time as probably the best one. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you have... He just seems so chilled. Yeah. And just like, he's like a, he's like a little... He's like a little white, old, like a white-haired old dude just sitting there going, yeah, cool. <laughs> Savage, yeah. Thanks for reading my books. Still got the, the old joiner. Yeah. The new Excalibur was 2005 to 2007. That was the previous one. So there hasn't been any, pardon me, since 2007. Apparently. It's a, it's a while. Yeah. And that was Excalibur. That wasn't Captain Britain in MI13. No, that was the Excalibur. <clears throat> yeah. So interesting. I might, I might, I'll let me throw my eye on that and see because I did like the... The previous versions of Excalibur were always good, you know, they were they yeah. were interesting. It was nice to see heroes in the Marvel Universe outside of stuff set in New York, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I do like that when they do, it's it's kind of the same for me when they do the um, Star Wars stuff, when they do stuff that's not Jedi. Just, we know the, the main guy is the main focus, but it's yeah. really good to get a bit of context. Well, my favourite Star Wars well. stories were, in the comics were always the X-Wing stories, when they did when they did Rogue Squadron, like they did Wraith Squadron and all that type of stuff, when they adapted the Michael A. Stackpole books. Oh yeah, like that, that type of stuff, writer. you know? Because that's, but anything around the pilots was always like my favorite stories in Star Wars. The Jedi are great and all, but like they're the Deus Ex Machina of, of storytelling. Yeah. So it looks time. like Betsy's in charge this time. She was the new Captain Britain, apparently. Yeah. And they have Jubilee there. Jubilee, Gambit, Rogue. So straight away you've got three X Men. Yeah. And then what? Well, is that? I take it that's I take it that's the Son of Apocalypse in the background. X Caliber. Um, well then I don't know who that is it's going to keep going Thanks. I heard a rumour actually yeah the reason they're doing they made Captain Britain into a girl is because they're trying to introduce her into movies oh right well they've already Captain had Psylocke in the movies haven't they Captain Marvel done so well so this, this is Betsy Braddock yeah so I heard what was your one's name played her in the uh, Olivia Munn yeah she was fantastic she was brilliant as, yeah. yeah that's the one thing she yeah. was actually quite salty because she was a big fan of, of um, sorry of Psylocke and she wanted to do so much more with the role, yeah. but they were like, "Nah, nah, just just stand over there." And she's like, "Oh, you bastard!" But Olivia Munn is full on like she's a great actress. Yeah, she's a great actress. I, I remember in the newsroom, in Aaron Sorkin's newsroom, she was phenomenal, and she's she and she was brilliant as Psylocke, and she should have done yeah. more. But again, it's it's the nature of those particular movies. They, they, they when the when the they first, screw the pooch. They do screw they screw the pooch on a lot of the characters. Yeah, um, and even except though, for one character, I thought the guy right was Caliban. I thought he was deadly. Yeah. The only time I think they got happen, right? <laughs> but no, I mean, look, there's, good as well. there's elements. I mean, yeah, because they based the entire fucking franchise around Wolverine, <laughs> so they weren't gonna yeah. fuck. They they they, they kind of struck gold with that because oh, they, like Hugh Jackman, yeah, big, and even Professor X. Well, yeah, Stewart, I know Patrick Stewart, and, and I, I, I like James McAvoy yeah, as Patrick Stewart, and I love Fazbender as, as Magneto. 
Um, that the main, the three main core actors in that franchise are good. Do you know the one thing that annoys me? What about the X franchise? What they might have kept Jackman on as um, Wolverine, but they didn't keep Marsden on as fucking Cyclops. No, he was fucking phenomenal. Marsden was phenomenal, and and that was one of my major problems with Last Stand, which there are many of. Dick, major problems with Last Stand: the fact that they wipe out Cyclops off screen in the first five minutes, and and I have huge bone of contention. And I was really worried about John Wick Three when I heard Halle Berry was cast because I don't like her as an actress. Don't rate her. I think she's Mm. terrible. She was phenomenal in that movie, though. In what? In John Wick Three, she was phenomenal. I would put my hands up and say she was fantastic in it. And I watched the training videos of her doing stuff with the dogs and other weaponry. She was phenomenal, and her her with the dogs in the movie were brilliant. Loved it. She was great. Her as Storm, one of the most miscast roles ever. You know what happens to a toad when he's struck by lightning? That's Joss Whedon (laughs) wrote that line. Joss Whedon wrote that line. No, it's the delivery fucked that up. you could have delivered that line a million other ways and made it funny. Yeah, I made it work. But just the pure deadpan way she delivered that line was like oh, she goes from she goes from the first she goes from the first X Men movie to having the Wakandan esque accent to having an American accent to having a mixed accent to back to being an American accent. This is over the space of two movies she does this. Yeah. So with X Men two, she's American, and the first one though she has the kind of the mixed Wakandan thing in there. Yeah, and you're kind of going, what the fuck? Uh, so it's like, come on, relax, Holly, calm down there. You know, you know, you got the Oscar. Oh. She nailed it with Catwoman as well, though. Oh, <laughs> anyway, her. Speaking of her. Speaking of segue. horrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, do you have an all-time favourite horror comic? All-time favourite horror comic. Um, whew, there's a few to choose from. I'd say if I had to pick one out of all the lineup, I'd probably say North 40. Okay. It's not technically a horror comic, but it kind of is. <laughs> so it's, it's, see, it's, it's, it's not like your, your, your typical kind of slasher movie it's not psychological sure. but it, it's, it's very Cthulhu based like, and it's, it's a small yeah. town where shit goes sideways real fast and everybody starts getting Cthulhu-y like this, <clears throat> people turn into machines and engines and start taking over a, a junkyard it's got a, there's it's an got old a, guy yeah. sitting in a chair who turns into a fucking tree people come back from the dead you've got people turning into Cthulhu-esque demons it's all this mad crazy Sounds fucking hard, mad shit but no, I was having a discussion with someone like, that's not really that scary. It's, it's not scary. It's, it's, just, not a, it's yeah. horror. And I, I, I always, I don't cite when people say, well, that's not scary. So you don't find it scary, but there's other shit that people find scary that you don't and the stuff that you find scary that other people won't. Hmm. Scary is personal. Scary is something from a point of view. Well, as my first introduction to Staples as well, actually. <clears throat> yeah. This is the reason why I really like it. As I remember you telling me about this book because we were talking about Staples and, and you were like, have you ever read uh, North 40? And I was like, who? And you showed me some of the the artwork from it. It was like Aaron Williams. That's the writer. Yeah, and uh, but even like the cover just has like the sheriff with the tentacle coming around. It's pure Cthulhu. <coughs> so well, any, anything. Well, actually, I was going to say anything Cthulhu will, will always yeah. tick my boxes, with one exception. Anything involving Alan Moore and Cthulhu can go and fucking shite. Neo Nomicon, like Jason Burroughs art. I, I like Jason Burroughs art. It's very. It can be very static in places and very kind of almost digital, like pure digital looking. But it, I just like the way it tells a story. I like the way he tells a story. Sure. Um, and he did the art. And the art is great. It's just typical Alan Moore. Everyone's gone grand. Everyone's gone grand. All of a sudden, oh, we're going down that road again. Cheers, dude. Because basically the, the crux of the Neonomicon, one of the great stories, was basically about FBI agents trying to infiltrate this cult and sees what's going on. And it turns out it's a sex cult and they're all just riding a demon. Yeah. So it, it's just... It, the whole thing about the Cthulhu mythos was it wasn't about, I suppose, over-sexualization. It was about the mystery, about the 
nobody really knew much about the demons. It's all about mainly theologians or people, kind of historians, or somebody with a varying degrees of like high intellect trying to unravel a mystery and then losing their sanity as they go. Yeah. And the best Cthulhu stories don't tell you anything about the stuff. They leave it to your imagination to work this shit up for yourself. So three issues in, you see a giant Dagon dong Full fucking page straight of, of a giant demon dick. You're like, oh, really? Do we really need that, Alan? Really? Yeah. And then he did a follow-up to it, which was more fucking riding than shenanigans. And it just, yeah, took me right out of it. So I, I like the Cthulhu stuff when it's about the myth, the mythos yeah. and the Elder Gods and that stuff. So any Cthulhu stuff that hasn't got him attached to it is great. There's a, an old, um, oh, I was an Italian artist. His name's jumping out my mind now. But um, he did a fantastic run on all Cthulhu comics. Like it was reprinted there recently, but it's proper Lovecraftian comics, like with all mad kind of sketchy demons drawn coming in and out of shadows and stuff. Yeah. Like, fucking amazing. But yeah, any, anything kind of Cthulhu will always take my back. Wrightson did a lot of great stuff <clears throat> for oh. Cthulhu books. I have, I have a lot of Cthulhu books at home with all the Wrightson art, and it's just fucking unreal. Like that, you're looking at pretty much anything Bernie Wrightson did horror wise. Yeah. If there's one person you could probably say was, was the king of horror and comics, yeah. It's Bernie. And it's I'm very Nobody proud of my little because I, I I think I've said this before I came to Wrightson very late in my comic book reading life, but when I found them I went after everything, mm. and I now have a lovely Wrightson shelf at home. Honest. But the Frankenstein Alive Alive mm. books, that was his last. That was his last for uh, he didn't get to finish it. Somebody else finished it, yeah. but those books themselves though are are pure art. They're unreal stuff. Um, that would be that would be up there one of my favorite horror comics, but for me the epitome of good solid horror comic from start to finish that is psychological spiritual scary a bit of everything is lock and key by joe hill actually yeah and that comes back to cthulhu again because there's an awful lot of lovecraftian influences in that there is heavy lovecraftian influences, particularly around the house and and what the each well it's the, welcome to lovecraft <laughs> it's it's called it's set in a town called lovecraft yeah um but it's it's a case of the whole thing it's I'm, and again, I'm amazed it's taken this long, but they are making a TV series of it. Well, they made a pilot before. They made a pilot before, and it had uh, it had some really good actors in it, and it was very well cast, and it went nowhere for some reason. It wasn't picked up, and now they've they've redone it with a different cast, and it has been picked up. Okay, and they are making it. I want to. Say, I, I don't know if it's Amazon or Netflix, but it's one of the streaming services that are doing it. And sure. uh, if they do it justice, it'll be probably seen as one of the best. Hmm. Uh, I reckon I'm surprised it's not out now I'm surprised because it's in production so I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be sometime in the new year or maybe middle of next year we're going to see it but it's probably going to take the place of something else that's leaving like the the, the, the Haunting of Hill House for, by Netflix was an adaptation of the Shirley Jackson book uh, that's finishing up I think after the next season or else they're doing another season and then they need something to fill that gap maybe yeah, it's actually, that reminds me I still haven't gotten around to watching Wraith Wraith I keep forgetting to get on that which Wraith? Wraith, the Joe Hill story with, um, oh, your man, Skyler, or Siler. Oh, right, I thought you meant the Charlie Sheen movie from the 80s. Uh, Nosferatu, sorry, it's not, because the comic was called oh. Wraith. I think the TV series is Nosferatu. Nos, yeah, it's... Not Nas, Nos. Not Nosferatu, Nosferatu, yeah. It's about the car. Yeah, it's the car, yeah. Well, it's about the guy driving the car. It's about the guy driving the car, driving the car but the co- I have the book, <laughs> and the book, and it's basically all, the cover is all about the car and the license plate, mm. so... So it's it's N O S four the number four yeah A two A two so yeah. that's a fantastic that is a fantastic horror book actually it's a great book the, oh, wow. the TV series or the mini series whatever they made of it is is okay in my oh you've seen it I've you? seen it the book is much better right I, and I, the comic, I, though, have you read the comic I, I haven't read the comic I've no, read I, the I, novel I haven't read the book you see all right so the comic is 
phenomenal. Yeah, the like, novel the is fantastic. Is brilliant. It, yeah. just, it just really jumps out of the page. And the main <coughs> character, um, the the chauffeur, um, Zachary Quinto plays him in the yeah, TV that's series. Zachary Quinto. That's what I was trying to say. Spoiler. Yeah. Um, but his, I keep forgetting his character's name. But um, actually, you went back to Heroes for that one rather than Spock. Yeah. 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 Well, I love Heroes. It yeah, was no, a great show. It just the first, the first, first, first season of Heroes was good. Yeah, bastards! It's such high hopes for that. There's so many great concepts coming in, and they just—it's almost like they got a bit of momentum and just started to run with it. Like, oh, we can do this and this and this and this, and they had no foreplanning. And they was ran it out Jeff Loeb? Was that? I think it was Jeff, Jeff Loeb. <laughs> but was that at the dark time in his life? No, I, I don't know if it was, I wouldn't really attribute it to that. Basically, the way the story went, it was kind of a, a series of escalation from episode to episode, but it escalated too fast to a point where they couldn't bring it down. Yeah. So they reset the season, and every season they do the same thing. They just amp it up and reset everybody's powers, abilities, relationships, whatever they had to do to make the story start off at the next point. So yeah. just, a lot really, of shows really do that up. nowadays. A lot of shows do that. The only the only show that I've ever accepted that for is Primeval. 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 What about the dinosaurs? Yeah. yeah. Um, because they reset it because they went to an alternate universe. And every other season, they go to another alternate universe and rewrite history. So this is your one from the one from S Club Seven, isn't that? Yeah. One? Okay. She's very good, actually. Is it a good show? It's a bloody good show. Isn't it? Is it? Okay. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Okay. I never, as, I as a fan won. of Doctor Who and stuff, you'll probably get more kick out of it because yeah, if you're going into it expecting like Netflix levels of production quality, it's ITV stuff, or something, was made yeah. Out, isn't it? But if you go back to like I suppose BBC TV and, and ITV, old school Saturday yeah, 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 yeah. TV shows. It's of that quality. How did we end up on Primeval? Because we started talking about Zachary Quinto and TV shows and they're resetting. Okay, all right. But Primeval resets because I think over three seasons, one of the guys changes something in history and fucks everything up. Okay. Then another one, they go to an alternate dimension and they just, they live there now because they fucked up the previous one. So they basically Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty, yeah. yeah. They Rick and Morty every season. We're going to live here now. But it's great because characters that have died come back. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they kind of have different perspectives or different acting roles, like almost the same way as Wells does. Yeah, about say, like Wells and the Flash. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's a really good character study as well, where you get people playing the different roles from different perspectives, or the same role from different perspectives. Sure, sure. <clears throat> but, uh, um, yeah, like going back to horror. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Primeval is a bit scary as well. So. Yeah, it's got um, the dinosaur thing, I suppose. Um, no, I, for me, though, Lock and Key would be it's 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 because it's a start, middle, and end. It's a full yeah. story. <clears throat> you can buy the whole thing in graphic novels. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is, to be honest, it's one of our best sellers next to the likes of Saga, which is probably the biggest best selling comic graphic novel of all time. I'd put yeah. Um, just like actually probably up there are Walking Dead Walking Dead probably is, is more than it in all fairness it's probably and Walking percent. Dead is you know it's a horror Walking book Dead as is well. a TV show to sell it yeah. so Saga has nothing other than its own merit to sell it yeah and, and it still sells books man it does well I mean consistently Saga has, just has this kind of like when somebody says can you recommend the book to me that I can straight get into you straight up go in with Saga because there's yeah. no you can buy the first volume and there's no kind of stuff you have to go research but nope. like if say somebody because you go oh, what's the best Wolverine books out there I can read if nobody's ever read a Wolverine book well you always got Weapon X sure but it's a case of there's so much history in all these big big heroes yeah. that it is sometimes it can be kind of going oh well who's it for what age are they blah 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 but if it's an adult mm. and you're going well what, where do I start reading comics it's Saga I'll be honest when we're ever recommending <clears throat> comics in the shop for people looking for something straight off we always go Image yeah because image books, because they're pretty much from the creators, creator own stuff, <coughs> you're getting people world building from day one. So it's easier to get in. Unless they're looking for a Marvel book and they're looking for a particular type of hero, then mm. you go there. But if you're just, I want a horror book, let me get you one here. And there's one I was about to talk about as well. Yeah. Um, Richard Corbin. Ragemore. Dark Horse. Yeah. Great book. Yeah. There's loads of those little kind of <clears throat> four issue miniseries collected in a trade just blank there you go one nice little horror story Yeah, that's one of the, the better things about the horror books they're like North 40 same again as you were saying with Lock and Key beginning middle and end yeah. nice and easy just get straight into it mm. 
Um, Unfortunately, even though The Walking Dead now has an ending, it just it kept going, it kept going. It was a beast. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that they're very hard to get into. If you want something that's straight up, like on Walking Dead, you're talking like twenty, thirty trades. Like yeah, that's a lot. To it's get a in. lot to get into. Yeah. You know, uh, even though it has a TV show to to boost it as well. Mm. Um, you're kind of that. That's more like you're a bit seasoned. You've gotten a few trades. Now you want a saga. You want to move like something, The Why the Last Man, or Thirty yeah. Days a Night, or something. You want to get in. Actually, there's another good one. Thirty, 30 Days a Night. Yeah. Great fucking horrible. Uh, really really good and they've, they've redone that a few times they've had different shootouts but the main storyline yeah. of, of just the town and the, and the, the family well they had a reboot there recently where it turned around and it wasn't actually um, even it was his girlfriend who his, was the vampire his wife or his girlfriend his wife, his sorry, wife yeah. she yeah. was the vampire this time great film one of the best yeah. film adaptations as well oh, I love that movie the look of that movie is amazing yeah love that movie yeah, great cast um, Josh Hartnett should be in more fucking films mm. um, your one uh, from Home and Away is in it and oh Melissa George wasn't it yeah, is it Melissa George? Is it? I thought it was Melissa George. Yeah, uh, and uh, your man, um, Daddy Houston, as well, okay. plays the main vamp. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and, and that's the great thing about those vamps in that movie—they—they don't say anything. Yeah, they're just pure evil. They just are pure, concentrated evil. They're just there to feed, <laughs> and they—they—they they, they basically tell the story by their actions, and that's it. Yeah, it's, it's so well put together, job. and also Ben Foster, who is again, yeah. plays a great crazy person. He's because he's like. He's like he, he's kind of, he always reminds me of Giovanna Ribisi or something like that. Like, yeah, know? actually, he's he has that kind of feel to him. That he's yeah. like he just plays crazy really well. Um, another, and it's it's not so much an over the top horror, but it's got a bit of body horror in it as well. And it's it's got an Irish connection. Is I actually think Injection is a great body horror book. Oh yeah, yeah, by Warren Ellis, Declan Shalvey, Jordy Belair, uh, Image Book. It's you can get the first couple of volumes now in a large hardback, mm. but there's some great body horror moments in there, and it's it's a slow builder. It's modern day storytelling like it's got a lot to do with like internet power and and kind of like a virus and yeah it's some really interesting ideas in there injection is one of my favorite books of all time cool just from the the visuals and the storytelling because it's warren ellis yeah come on like uh but there's some really really nice body horror in there it's definitely an adult book though i wouldn't recommend it for younger kids yeah most of the the horror books would be kind of always aimed at like late teens adults yeah lock and key has a lot of violence in it yeah, but Lock and Key is actually that. I would probably maybe throw that all ages because I would say it's all ages. No, there's I a bit know, of nudity like for, in it as well. Okay, maybe there's not really much nudity. There's a bit though, so I'd say kind of mid young to late teens. teens young, young teens, teens. teens I mean, yeah. I can get away with that, like younger. Yeah. Like say maybe because we get a lot of kids coming in the shop looking for horror stuff. A lot really? of kids. Oh man, like our the main demographic for <coughs> horror action figures for the neck figures is I think six to twelve year olds. No fucking way. Yep. That's insane. Straight up. As a parent, I'm that kind of goes what? Yep. You know, I, I'm I'm but a kids huge. Kids coming like, oh, I want Chucky, oh, I want Chucky, oh, I want to get it, oh, I love it. And then other kids coming in going, oh, Jason, no, that's not that's from the wrong movie, Dad. I want the other Jason from this movie. And you're like, how many Jason movies have you seen, kid? You should be watching Friday the Thirteenth. You're a child. It's true. Yeah. I mean, well, a lot of these kids, because of the whole, I suppose, the internet and and the culture, they kind of. There's all those challenges where you're like, oh, I dare you to watch these scary kills and movies like Sure. That. But then you get other kids who love the special effects and they're watching all the how-to videos. I they, suppose I can't really they talk. They love seeing the behind-the-scenes shit. I, so, was, I was watching horror from a very early age as well and it's done really, nothing really, it hasn't really affected me. But I have kids way. coming in looking for the particular Jason that was played by a particular actor. You're fucking kidding me. No, deadly serious. I couldn't even tell you half Man, it's ridiculous. Kids are just fucking obsessed with horror stuff. And, it's great to see that's fine like I mean I, I have no problem with that and like I've, I've said it before to Irene I, was like, I said look there's nothing wrong with kids having a bit of a scare at Halloween because mm-hmm. that's what it's for yeah. you know it's like it, it, it's good it's healthy to have a, have have, have a fight or flight re-engaged <laughs> yeah but it's like it's sort of because if kids don't know about the boogeyman what have they got to be scared about like you know they become Brexit. these 
Brexit. Brexit is the boogeyman. <laughs> no, but it's like, it's a case of you need to have that um, urban legend idea in your head where there is the idea of something out there. Yeah, but then you go too far and you get that Slenderman shit. Sure. Like, but I'm not talking about, like, say, traumatizing your children. Yeah. I'm talking about kids having the odd scary story the likes, the likes of Chucky and this and, and those kind of horror movies the thing about Chucky for our generation is it comes with that stigma oh yeah the of kids. the Jamie Bulger killings yeah, yeah. right that's what Chucky comes with that stigma for, for a long us. time yeah for us yeah. but also think of people that are parents our, our age that don't have that kind of the mentality around horror, horror that we have mm. where they still associate those movies with that stigma yeah. and they kind of think well my kid sees those films that's what they're going to become mm. you know what I mean and again it's the same thing of the the, the film gets blamed yeah yeah the, 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 whatever. it's not one of the things where the kid was the fan of it again or it was a case of they, they saw the movie but the kids were unhinged yeah. they were already unhinged they had a horrible family life like there's always other elements it's yeah, yeah. never it's in my mind personally and maybe I'm being naive in this but in my mind personally it's never about the video game it's never about the movie no, it's, it's never about a piece of media that somebody's ingested they may be the trigger yeah. but it's never about that well it's the same way you could look at those things as like the gun or the knife or the thing that actually enables yeah. the person to do it yeah. it didn't do it itself No. the person had to have had that in them yeah exactly but like it, there's other other things are broken there yeah Jeez, we took a bit of a tangent there didn't we we did yeah, yeah. but we did we, we were talking about fucking <laughs> primeval a sure. second ago yeah good point uh, well actually no getting back to comics as well though we were talking about um, just I suppose um, scarier comics in general and I was thinking about Gareth Ennis' stuff yeah because Gareth Ennis's horror stuff like you want to go down the road like Caliban is one of my favourite lesser known um, Gareth Ennis <coughs> books it's kind yeah. of like a almost like an event horizon type deal where there's basically ship flying through subspace and it collides with basically an alien arc yeah which has got loads and loads of different creatures on it and it sets loose this one thing which ends up haunting everybody yeah it's a really great fucking body horror again sheer moments of panic and terror fucking Ennis at his finest man it's brilliant Garth Ennis always surprises me with how much he how far he can push things without ever getting any I, I don't I don't know of any kickback but I don't know of any <laughs> kickback that Garth Ennis gets because you don't see like you hear Alan Moore getting kickback for his stuff right yeah um, but I've never heard of Garth Ennis now maybe I'm wrong again yeah. in this but I've never heard to be honest I'm, I'm probably the same I don't think I know anybody <coughs> who doesn't like Garth Ennis stuff or who's ever been a like detractor do you, do you think if, like for me when it comes to one of the most insane books out there with Garth Ennis involved is Crossed yeah uh, I had to stop reading that book. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's like, a, that was too much. Like, when, I, like, when I first saw Crossed, for the, I think it, it had been out a while, and I mm. saw the first collected couple of issues of it. And I, saw, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, has this, this got published? Mm. And it's like, this got made, and people have not, like, people lost their shit when Batman shot off his dong in silhouette. Yeah. Yet you have a book like this. Well, I don't, you see, people who see that, they don't see what Gareth Ennis is getting up to so exactly. they're looking at all the stuff over there and Gareth Ennis is chuckling in the corner drawing a bunch of fucking rednecks playing soggy biscuit over a load of bullets and then playing Russian roulette yeah so like, <laughs> no, no, he's like yeah. what <laughs> like, yeah and of course the infamous horsecock yeah in the first book where there's a giant beating people to death with a severed horse's penis yeah while shouting horsecock at the top of his lungs that's I guess I, I always remember that because like there's the survivors of the crossed incident which if you're not familiar with it basically crossed is about a virus that makes humans give in to their basest desires that's it there's nothing else to it you're not actually like in control of your actions you're not enraged you just go full deviant yeah completely full deviant and that involves means eating people I suppose murdering people a hell of a lot of the rape in there as well like it's crazy. Yeah. It's just literally... It's horrible. Full on fucking yeah. terrifying. And 
there's these survivors which are crawling through a forest trying to get away and they see a town they're like oh we go in they're like oh wait a minute maybe not let's see what's happening and then this dude comes out screaming horse cock and starts beating people to death it, swinging you know, what it, you know what it reminded me of uh, well, no, what reminded me of Crossed when I saw it um, and it's like a toned down version of it Bird Box did you see Bird Box I didn't see Bird Box no. Sandra Bullock movie it's on Netflix and it's basically about the, the these, I know there's a lot of people freaking out about there's it. There's these it. invisible creatures arrive on Earth. Right. And when people see them, they do. that's what happens to them. They, they, just, just, go, go they just go off the deep end. Okay. They have this, they, their eyes go crazy. And it's like they're looking upon this crazed light that makes them go full nutso. Right. And they just want to murder and do horrible things to people, right? Or they become extremely suicidal. Okay. It's one or the other. Right. Right. Um. And it's an interesting movie. It's 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 it is it's kind of like a horror movie, but it's it's an interesting film. Has its flaws, but it's interesting. Yeah. And when I first saw that, it was like, oh, they're kind of doing crossed, but not as crazy. Like there's no horse cock in this. Like, yeah, you know, I would I would love to see someone doing an adaptation across. I don't like think a, it'd a TV ever, adaptation would be insane. It they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it justice. You'd have to get somebody who would independently fund that and and put it out there and be ready for it to be banned. Yeah, and then off the back of it being banned somewhere it would then shoot through the roof and everyone would need to see it mm. it'd be like watching uh, a Serbian film all over again Jesus yeah you know? actually yeah you're right it'd be probably a hell of a lot worse than the Serbian film if they were going to do full on version of Cross a full adaptation yeah. of Cross like yeah. this, the one thing that got me about Cross was not even <coughs> the, the, the main story of the people trying to survive was, was pretty harrowing enough but the um, the back of the book if you're a fan of, of horror was just the um, the submitted art page yeah just basically all these industry professionals and randomers just throwing in what their idea of the crossed situation would be and there's, there's one that just burned in the back of my mind because it was like a two pager yeah and the first page was basically um, a load of because the, the, the whole reason why they call the crossed is because the virus kind of manifests so giant, on their face so they get a giant it, cross yeah cross from between their eyes down up the nose and yeah. then across their eyes yeah um, and there were these crossed basically lifting children crossed children and putting them on a slide yeah and then you turn the page, and at the end of the slide is a wood chipper. Yeah. And a bath. Or not a bath, sorry, a swimming pool. And there's people dancing in the swimming pool, being showered in the bits that are coming out of the wood chipper. I was like, what It's the, horrible. What the fuck? And I've met Garth Dennis, and yeah. he's a lovely no, man. No, he didn't do this one. There's somebody else. Oh, somebody else through this. Through yeah. this. But like, that's like, everyone just going, what else can we do? What's fucking But I'm, that's what I'm saying. But I, I've, like, this is what he has inspired. And I've met yeah. him. And he's a lovely man. Yeah. Lovely, well down dirt, lovely, very, he loves to hug people. He's just a really nice dude. <laughs> and yet this came from his mind. <laughs> and you want to know how, what kind of cathartic situation was this to write this book for him? Because he probably he, was just sitting there going, you know what, it'd be hilarious. If people just went nuts. But like, but it's, that's like, if you ever read the likes of his stuff, like Dicks and yeah, fucking... Yeah. I suppose the six pack and the rest of the boys there <coughs> yeah. and Hitman. It's just him just having well, look a at fucking the show. boys. The boys is like yeah. and even the Amazon show, while they did go all out, yeah. it toned down some parts of that book. <laughs> it toned you down know what I mean? a lot, yeah. Um but if 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 we were to dial it back to the horror side of things, as far as the comic books are concerned, there is a plethora of horror comics, stuff we haven't even talked about. Yeah. Oh yeah, Jay put up a great picture on the uh, the shop page of a lot of them. Actually, Infidel, yeah. that's another one. Infidel, yeah. That's only new as well. That isn't is it? It's only, only recent, recent one. Yeah, there's a lot of really good horror stuff coming out, like Basket Full of Basket Full Joe, of Joe, well. Joe Hill's new one. He's got a whole imprint now though, actually doing horror comics. Yeah. So there's kind of a wee little horror renaissance, if you will. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the, it's it's a good time to release the book, mm. which I am. Hey, hey. No, the plug. Let's go. No, no, no. Next week? Nah, 8th of November. Uh, 9th, 9th of November. 9th of November at Top Bubble, we're releasing our Nats for Atom. Uh, uh, we pimped it on the last episode. I'm not going to pimp it again. But, uh, yeah. That's a first. 
but I mean, I think I'm in full horror mode in October. Like I'm in full horror, full horror mode, regardless. You know, three. did you catch color in his face? Uh, no, it, well, he was at the horror song, but I didn't oh, go. I couldn't go. Uh, but I, I, I saw Richard Stanley sent a, a, a message to Harthon uh, oh, yeah? talking about saying look anyone who has any epileptic issues or any kind of like oh, shit. don't go see this movie because it's too flashy lights and that type of stuff you give a warning and everything like that but no I'm going to any that's, movie that's got a warning I'm automatically going ooh, ooh is it a warning yeah um, that's a Blu-ray watch for me unfortunately because I'm not going to catch it in the cinema I think I don't think it's going to get a general release here I'm hoping it'll hit streaming services soon that's yeah. the, the thing about the horror genre is the horror genre seems to be really alive on streaming services yeah they're very quick to it like the, the films are coming out they're, they're getting their limited releases in, in at the festivals and then within two weeks or if not straight after that festival or in some cases before before the festival <laughs> they're on streaming services Shudder is great for that again we, we've spoken about Shudder before it's basically horror Netflix yeah. and they had a lot of films up there uh, exclusive to them one in particular uh, that I'm surprised that, that it showed up there because it was doing so well at the festival circuit I thought it was going to be a uh, straight to, it was going to get I think it got a limited cinema release here and then straight to Blu-ray was One Cut of the Dead which is a Japanese zombie movie okay uh, highly recommended fucking hilarious uh, the premise behind it is uh, there's, there's actually a film crew filming a zombie film and they're filming it in this abandoned warehouse type place and they cut and then it turns out there are actual real zombies there so the director goes you know what let's keep filming and they try and make a movie around the zombies Jesus. with the actors. And the actors are like, what the fuck are you doing? These are real zombies. We don't care. Keep going. <laughs> and he's, he's basically trying to make a movie in one cut. Wow. One shot. So it's all one shot. It's all, it? well, it's, it's trying to make the film in all one shot. Wow. But it's a, it's fucking brilliant. It's hilarious. It's like, it's, it's tied, it's touted as being the best zombie comedy since Shaun of the Dead. It's a totally different film to Shaun of the Dead. Right. Um, it wears its heart purely on the sleeve, but it's Japanese horror. Yeah. You cannot go wrong with Japanese horror, particularly when it's got a bit of humour injected into yeah. it. Yeah, Takashi Miike stuff like Takashi Miike, yeah, full on. It, it, it does have that. It's not a Takashi Miike film, but it has that kind of. But thing. it has that irreverent feel to it. Yeah, yeah. The director of the movie is a nut job. You're like the guy <laughs> who's playing the director in the film is fucking hilarious. Highly recommend checking it out. It's on Shudder. They have it. They got it as an exclusive. It's on there. Uh, but you can get it. Like you can buy it on Blu-ray. I think. I think it's out on Blu-ray. Uh, brilliant, brilliant movie. Really, really good, fun horror film. Uh, just a lot of crack mm. that's a good crack that I actually only watched it again the other day myself because uh, I'd seen it I think I where did I see it I saw it somewhere I think I saw it at a screening somewhere but I did see it in the cinema could have been at the lighthouse, I, don't the lighthouse yeah. and, uh, I had a blast watching it it was so much fun so so much fun but yeah this, uh, that's, that's the comedy side of horror because there's so much there is a lot of comedy horror but when you go when I want to go proper horror mm. like full on I tend to lean towards a good ghost story yeah, Thirteen Ghosts is still one of my favorite movies of all time. The original no, black and white film? No, no. the Matthew Lillard movie. Love it. Absolutely love it. Just the concepts of the ghosts, the actual cinematography as well. Just that movie, just really, really, just love it. Okay. Yeah. I I remember seeing it in the cinema. Uh, I I wasn't blown away by it. Have you watched it again? I haven't seen it recently. Watch it again. Okay. I do like Matthew Lillard. Yeah. <coughs> I've got a lot more respect of him now. He's when he's gotten a lot older, and it turns out that he's like he's he's actually mad into everything that he does. Yeah, he's actually taken on the whole D and D thing himself now as well. Oh, cool. um, but uh, I remember I did because that, is that is that the one or am I thinking a House on Haunted Hill remake where there's a lot of glass panels and stuff? Oh no, yeah, there's lots of glass panels. Glass panels and there's it's a, it's one, a and somebody get, somebody gets cut in half oh, by one of the glass straight panels. Straight down the middle, yeah. Isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But not like down like 
the through the nose, but it's through the from, side. From the side, yeah, yeah, and then they slide down, oh, yeah. don't they? Yeah. yeah, I did. I saw that in the cinema. Okay, I great. think I, if I'm not mistaken, I went. Me and a couple of friends went to the cinema uh, around the corner uh, one weekend, many moons ago, when that came out in the cinema. Mm. And it was. I, I want. I might be wrong when I say this, but it was released around the same time as Uwe Ball's House of the Dead. Oh Christ! And I think we saw both of them as a double bill. So maybe House yeah. of Dead soured my memory yeah, of Yeah, I think it Ghosts. might have done. That was a fucking bag of shite. It was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. One of the worst movies till he made another one. Till he made another one. And you know what? Uwe Ball has made one good film. There's a film he made about... Actually, well, there's a film he made called Rampage. No, that's not good. That's a terrible Is it Rampage? No, I'm thinking... Fucking shit. Is, is that the one he made about the Vietnam? Dude, no, it's the one about the dude going nuts. Oh, shit. I know the one you're talking about. That's not Rampage. No. No. Oh. Shit, no, he didn't. He make made it. one about tunnel rats. Is it called yes, tunnel rats? Tunnel rats that's he it. made one about yeah. Vietnam. That's actually, that's phenomenal. It's actually really fucking good. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember watching somebody put on, I was like, we have to watch this film. I was like, no, what is it? Like, Look, you're going to see some stuff on the screen at the start, and it may turn you off this movie, but we have to watch it. <laughs> they press play, it came up, and it starts with, I think it's an aerial shot of, of the river in, in somewhere in Vietnam. Yeah. I think it was like tunnel rats, director, Uwe Ball. I was like, fuck no. He's like, no, no, we have to watch It's really <laughs> Hold fucking them down, good. Lads. It's like, we're watching this, and we watched it, and it's actually good. It's a good movie. Um, I think he made it. I, I, it's not an early film either. He made it. I think he made that before he made. Um, Postal? Shit. No, it was, it was after Postal, but it was before. Did he do. No, it's not Quake. Crisis. Didn't he make a Crisis movie? Uh, yeah, I think he did Crisis. I think it was before he did Crisis. <coughs> okay. A Name of the King. Yes. Yeah. Jesus with Jason Statham. Fuck that. Um, so, uh, yeah. I heard him fuck the beginning on Uwe Ball. Jesus Christ. Your fault. Tangents in this episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, ghost stories. Um, yeah. One of my ultimate favourite ghost story movies is the 1980 Canadian horror movie The Changeling. Oh. With George C. Scott. Fucking scared the shit out of me as a kid. Real creepy movie. Mm. Um very underrated whenever you say The Changeling people think the Angelina Jolie movie that's no. what I was thinking I was like, is that no written by Michael and Jason Krasinski uh, but no The Changeling is same title but this is a 1980 Canadian horror movie by I want to say the, the director's name is Peter Mendek uh, but George C. Scott stars in it who George C. Scott has two and he might have more but he has two of my all time favourite horror films The Changeling and The Exorcist Part 3 never found The Exorcist movies The Exorcist Part 3 is one of the best serial killer horror movies yeah I don't think I'm a big fan of horror movies like I, I kind of like the I suppose the sci-fi horror anything with a science fiction vibe to like Event Horizon is my all time favourite movie sure of all time well that's got the whole Lovecraftian thing to it as same well same again so it's probably yeah, yeah. probably to do with the whole Lovecraftian angle. Exorcist 3 is is the in my mind the proper sequel to Exorcist 1 and I in, in some some ways the script I find the script to be better uh, because it, it's William Peter Blatty wrote the script uh, I think he wrote the script for the first one, but the dialogue in Exorcist 3, particularly the the, the talking between George C. Scott's character and the priest at the start of the movie, is fucking hilarious. Uh, myself and Irene sat down... What? Medak, yeah. What? Medak. So, uh, myself and Irene sat down to watch Exorcist 3 the other night, and she'd forgotten how funny the dialogue is. And not, not it's intentionally funny. Yeah, yeah. Like the ribbing that uh, George C. Scott plays the... He plays the detective from the first Exorcist film, but he wasn't in the first Exorcist film. The different actor played him in that, but he plays the same detective, and he was uh, Father Caris's best friend. And now he has he's, he's he's like he has another friend who's a priest in the third one, and they meet up every year to go see the wonder a wonderful life at the start of the movie. That's what they're going to see, and the 
the detective George C. Scott's character is after uh, is he put away a killer or called the Gemini Killer, who was played by Brad DeRiff. Oh, nice. So when you watch a horror movie and Brad DeRiff is in it, you're yeah. in for a good fucking time. <laughs> um, and the beautiful thing about the Exorcist Three is the Gemini Killer is dead. Okay, right. there is there's a, a mental asylum that the detective is led to due to a bunch of more killings happening. All these priests being killed in these sadistic ways. Their heads are being chopped off. Their blood has been drained. All this type of stuff. His friend, the priest, at the start of the movie, is dying. He's cancer or something. And he's in this hospital. And he becomes one of the victims. He's one of the victims. He gets his blood completely drained. Jesus. So he realises this hospital has got something to do with the killings because they're all leading here. Right. He then discovers that there's an, it's partially an insane asylum as well as a hospital. And he discovers that there's a patient locked away in one of the cells and he, he basically it, it looks like Father Karras from the first movie okay. Father Karras died at the end of the first Exorcist film he's the guy that goes down the steps at the end of the movie oh yeah, yeah. right but he like Damien Karras is his best friend so he basically just looked in this cell and he's like that's Damien Karras what the fuck he then starts to interview him and it turns out it is the body of Karras oh shit who at the end of the film yeah was possessed by the spirit of the Gemini killer mm. who is Brad DeRiff so it switches in the middle of the interviews yeah. it switches between the actor that played Damien Karras and Brad DeRiff in these unsettling ways it's it's one of the most oh like Colin McGollum and fucking full on full on and it's one of the most well directed movies of, of anything not even just horror Brad DeRiff gives these poignant speeches about possession and about what it is to be a killer in his life and all this type of stuff. It's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. And the problem about this is, is that when that film came out, it was the third Exorcist film. Yeah. The second one was a pile of shit. And it came out in the 90s and it lost, it lost there was a lot of momentum that it kind of lost. Yeah. I first saw it on video when I was a kid and it went right over my head because I saw it before I saw the first Exorcist film. I get you. So I had no frame of reference. So I was yeah. like, what the fuck is this? But I saw it again as an adult. And I was like, holy shit, this is unreal. Because I'd seen The Exorcist at that point. Easily one of the best acted, best written, best directed horror movies ever made. Cool. And that's The Exorcist Part 3. Hmm. The Changeling also stars George C. Scott. And it is, without a doubt, one of the best haunted house haunted houses stories I've ever seen in film. The one with the wheelchair and the ball. That's exactly it. The one with the wheelchair. <laughs> said the voice from the dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's the one with the wheelchair and the ball. Basically, there's... Uh, one of my last favourites. Yeah. It's a crack. It's a. I saw it as a kid as well. It scared the shit out of me. There's a seance scene in mm. it where they try to figure out who the ghost is in the house and why he's there and how he was killed. And it's intertwined. It's 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 got some really nice conspiracy stuff throughout it. It's got actually got elements that are very similar to the Omen because it involves an American senator, all this type of stuff. But it is a fantastic horror movie. Highly recommend checking it out. Mm. Might give it a bash. Yeah. So there you go. There's my two. There's my two to three horror film <laughs> recommendations at the top of comic books. Cool. Yeah, actually, I, I was I was thinking as well. There was something you mentioned just remind me of Clive Barker for some reason. But I was thinking in the back of my head as well about his stuff. Yeah. And the comics that he's put out, like the the tap in the vein, the fucking yeah. Hellraiser stuff. They did an adaption of Books of Blood as well, didn't they? Uh, yes, before? they did. They, yep. did me, they did Me Train and stuff. Uh, Midnight Me Train. Oh, Midnight Me Train. Yeah. Which again was adapted into a movie. And that was a bloody good fucking film as well. Yeah. One of very surprising because Vinnie, Vinnie Jones is Vinnie Jones, oh, but he God, says Vinnie fuck all, and he plays the butcher perfectly. Like, mm. Really good. That was um, what's his name? Faceman. Faceman. Um, what's his name? What's uh, his fucking name? He's only gorgeous. 
Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Yeah, Bradley Cooper. He played. He plays your man. The best thing about that was when I first saw it was like, holy shit, he looks like a young Clive Barker. It does appear. Yeah. Pretty good resemblance to him, like it's the know, nose. Oh, that's kind of nice. Yeah, it's the yeah. nose. It was kind of poignant the way they were telling the story, like so. Yeah, but um, yeah, that stuff's pretty good as well. I'm trying to think of any of the other horrors that we have across the shop. Like, there's a lot more of the once again the imagey kind of stuff from the Dark Horse. Dark Horse, like, Anto's going through a lot of aliens as well. They're technically, I suppose, quite horrific in places um, too. Well, Alien to me is the book. is the best science fiction slasher ever made. Yeah. Alien, the first Alien film. Well, Aliens sla- is an action movie. Aliens is an action film. Alien is a, is a, is a slasher movie in space. Yeah, straight up. Um, uh, I think the Alien comics have some great horror in them as well. The Alien Dead Orbit. Oh yeah, yeah, that's Stacco. Stacco is fucking unreal. That's a, a one man play, really, isn't it? Yeah, <clears throat> and the the the, gra- the horror graphic in that is unreal. The mm. bit where they get the tree, the, 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 they they find the other ship, and there's a lot of bodies that they pull off, and they're pretty much skinned alive. Yeah. It's fucking unreal. Look, it's some great graphics. We can hear screaming and wails. Ghosts, yeah. Well, we are ghosts, though. We're in an old Georgian building, so who knows? But um, spooky ghost. Yeah, no the 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 recent Alien Dead Orbit, which is a standalone story as well. Yeah, you can pick that up and graph, and there's a hardback of that as well. Yeah, it's a really gra- nice big hardback. Paperback and hardback, yeah. Um, that's a really good book to pick up as a horror comic. Yeah, quite good. Anything yeah. else? Um, to know. I'm thinking I want to go watch the changing. You should. <laughs> yeah, but you're crap at horror films, though. You get scared really easy. I jump. Because I remember we watched The Thing. From, you've never seen The Thing Prince of fucking properly. Darkness. Prince of Darkness scared you? Prince of Darkness has about fucking five jump scares that I know are coming every goddamn fucking time. Alice Cooper, King of the Hobos. Oh, man. The bit with the... I think we went to the boiler room upstairs. Yeah. No, your man's coming around the corner. Yeah. No, he's going to get stabbed. Yeah. Every time. Ah, Jesus. <laughs> That's actually... As far as I remember, me and Irene watched... Uh, it was one Halloween we watched an entire John Carpenter box set Oof. over the space of like four or five days. Nice. And Prince of Darkness is her favourite John Carpenter film. Yeah. I, I don't know it. why. I, it's a great movie. Yeah. But that actually coming back to the whole... Um, and that's got a Lovecraftian feel to it as well. Religion again, like coming yeah. into it. Like that whole <laughs> possession and that kind of stuff always lends really well to a good horror story. Yeah. Apparitions. Oh, you put me onto that. Mini-series. That was a, oh, easily one of the best horror so- st- uh, stories yeah. ever. Phenomenal. And I watched that purely by accident. I was like, oh, we'll see what's on. Oh, about possession. I don't normally like possession. Well, Oh, this kind of has me be hooked. What the fuck is it's going on? Fucking unreal! Yeah. Out of nowhere, that comes out. Of, like, and remember, you told me about this. And you were like, "It's a BBC show." What? Mm-hmm. It's got Martin Shaw on it. What? Get it? I watched it. I was like, "Holy shit!" I and me and Armin watched it. She was like, "This is phenomenal." And uh, she said, "You know what? Who would love this?" My mum. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Because the guy gets skinned alive in that fucking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jesus. And I was like, oh, she goes, the leper, yeah. Yeah, she says he gets skinned alive in the fucking bathhouse. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but it's it's about the priests and stuff and the exorcisms and the Vatican and stuff. Mother Teresa. Yeah, it's oh, it it is. You could watch. It'd be a great companion. Like if 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 you watch say the Exorcist films or if you're into that type of thing, it's a great companion to that. Yeah, just remember sure. as well the Nine Gates. The which one? The Johnny Depp movie. Yeah. That one as well. Really? Yeah. I didn't like that film at all. See, I like that because there was the whole kind of mystery and stuff. Like there was a whole lot of. They don't really give you a lot of information for it. And even at the end of the movie, you're like going, "What the fuck?" It's just right in your own. Huh? Yeah, I I saw that in the cinema. Expected something. Yeah, I I expected something better from that movie. It's pretty. See, once again, I I was seeing the Lovecraftian side of it, of the guy delving into the mystery and trying to find out what's going on. Yeah. And without spoiling too much the movie, like when the movie ends, you're like kind of Jesus, what the fuck. So I was I was more Jesus what the fuck I spent money on that that's, that's what I was <laughs> yeah. but, but I used to her own yeah uh, I again I oh, saw, I'm, I'm not your typical horror buff because I'm sure not, I wouldn't consider myself a horror fan 
Right. I like some things, but it's kind of more in tune with what I like. Like once again, Mandy. I fucking great love movie. Mandy. Yeah, great movie. Well, I've been talking to other like a few of my friends who watched it. Like that was a bloody shite. What are you talking? About? I was like, that was great. That was pure amazing. And like yeah. that's what I'm saying about Nick Cage and his horror. Yeah, he's hit and miss, but he has done some amazing films over the last couple of years that have flown. Well, Mandy didn't fly under the radar. No, Mandy actually got Mandy actually got a really good release and it was very well received. Remember at Comic Con, I got the whole the axe. Actually, the picture. Of yeah. That. <laughs> um, and and then like with with the the the, the color of space coming out, yeah, like that's that's gonna be that's gonna be another one where you're kind of like fuck, this is gonna be full pure cult following, like, yeah. you know. Um, I'm, I'm do hoping that, I do hope that they'll give uh, Del Toro back Mountains Man at some point. Um, whether he finds the time to do it or not, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, cool. Because I do really really like his stuff as well. His kind of interpretation of her, like Hellboy. It's I, 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 not really technically spooky scary, but no. Um, I have my opinion of 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 Del Toro. It's not so much controversial, but uh, I don't I don't know many people agree with me on it. But I think he's a phenomenal art director. Hmm. Phenomenal art director. If they could partner him with a top notch horror director. Hmm. And get him get to him second uh, get him on not so much second unit, but get him to be the art director of the movie. The movie would look phenomenal, and yeah. you would have there's something about Del Toro's movies that just for me, just ever so slightly, falls short. Oh yeah. When it comes to like, I mean, I love my favorite Del Toro movie is The Devil's Backbone, uh, because it's, it's a proper fun. And one off the back of that, if you're going to watch The Devil's Backbone, which is the, it's a it's a the, one of Del Toro's earlier films. It's Cross. just. Uh, no, not even Chronos, but there's a new film that's coming out called uh, Tigers Are Not Afraid, hmm. and it's a, it's a it's in the same vein as as Devil's Backbone. It's a bunch of kids who are forced to fight a supernatural force. Phenomenal movie, cool, really good. Only came out recently. Highly recommended. It. It's subtitled as well. I think it's a Spanish uh, movie, or else Mexican. I'm, I'm not quite sure, but it is subtitled. But you can watch Devil's Backbone and Tigers Are Not Afraid. Great movie. Cool. So what are you looking forward to watching most on Halloween night? Um, Halloween night, uh, we have a couple of things lined up. Um, me and Irene, are gonna, we're actually going to watch Tigers and Our Friday because she hasn't seen it, I have. Um, and I think we're going to watch The Wicker Man because I think I need to give that film another shout. No, the Nicolas Cage one? Or the no, 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 no. <laughs> the Edward Woodward one. Yeah, no, that uh, movie. The Christopher Lee one. That's a brilliant movie. Uh, because I think I said this you before. You watched Midsummer, yeah. I watched Midsummer, and that made me want to go watch, go back and, and watch Wicker Man and give it another. Because I remember the first time I watched Wicker Man, I didn't, I didn't like it. Yeah? Yeah, I just didn't like it. I think I'm going to watch The, the Monster Squad with the girls. <coughs> yes, it's classic. It's always nice and easy. And we're probably going to do Event Horizon. Yeah. Monster Squad's a good shout actually, and if you're if you're if you're watching if you're looking for something for kids to watch, even though Monster Squad is technically fifteen. Yeah, it is. But apart from the Wolfman having nerds and the whole trying to take a photo of a naked chick. Yeah, there's no and real the other... whole discussion about being a virgin as well. But yeah, I think they're the only parts because I remember I watched this with my daughter a few years ago and I was like, kind of. There's not too much in it. No, and if you've shown your kids any classic eighties movies, like even Explorers. Yeah, like where the kids are getting locked. Yeah, fly out in the ship. There's loads of those bits in it which you'd be well used to. Like, yeah. so it's not and much. Tim Noonan is probably one of the best Frankensteins ever the grace is great in my opinion. Mm. Especially, mm-hmm. like I mean, he does he does a great Frankenstein. Yeah. He always gets overlooked because he only did it once in that film. Mm. But he's phenomenal. And, uh, I think there's a bad one, isn't that? Like the fucking Frankenstein, Dracula, the Wolfman, every one of them. I think They're all great. Spectacular. And I think the, 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 the makeup effects on fucking the creature from the Black Lagoon yeah, yeah. looks fucking unreal. Spot on. Um, but I think a great comic book companion, if you're watching Monster Squad... Hmm. Or well, Explorers is a science fiction film, but uh, if you were to go try and find a comic book to match that to give to a young enough reader, Paper Girls. Oh, really? Paper Girls from Image Comics. Because I was going to go Monster Motors by uh, Nick Roach. Monster Motors as well, yes, for sure. Uh, but Paper Girls has got that more sci fi, 
but it's the it's the eighties kids on BMX bikes. Oh, we'll be doing more Stranger that. Things, like full on, and of course, obviously Stranger, Stranger Things. things. Comics. <laughs> Stranger Things, this TV series and the comics. But yeah, so many good horror comics actually. Yeah, this is so. It's, but I mean, it's a huge. I, it's weird how you you try to think of a genre like horror comics. You go, is there a big genre of that? Huge. Um, and it is actually out there. And I, I, I'm going to pimp one rogue comics book if I can. Tales from Eternal Worlds. Yeah, I was say Oshin, yeah. Uh, Oshin Roach's book, um, which is a pure kind of like oh, the homage to Bernie Wrightson. Homage to Bernie Wrightson, uh, Lovecraftian in some way. Creepy comics. Full, full on creepy comics. The Hammer books. Yep. The whole lot. Um, and that's about. I think you guys have some in stock. We do. We do. Yes. And we have we have them in stock on our store and website. But come in and pick them up at Dublin City Comics if you want to get a copy. That's only a tenner. Yeah. And it's a great anthology. And there's a story in there written by myself, and I lettered the entire book. So cool. There you go. Nice. Right. There's a bit of pimpage from Rogue Comics. There we go. We think we'll we'll uh, pitch our tent on that one. Or? Okay. <laughs> I was going to say hang our hook on that. I don't know. Oh. I know now about phrases. Damn I phrase. need more coffee. I should have had the hot chocolate. It made me like nice and sleepy. Yeah, guess get some coffee. Because I started off with a lot of momentum, and I was like, kind of. Oh, I'm just uh, I just I just thing. kept talking. That was the thing. Yeah. You see, you, see it's you, your voice is so so soothing. Just <laughs> well, if I'm talking about horror, you, you just wind me up and I go. That's <laughs> it. Like you know, I could spend yeah. hours talking about. Horror, I know. So. I'm not happy to take a back seat every day the week when it comes to horror because, like I said, it's not it's not my forte. But I do enjoy, like I said, the love crafting aspect of it, or I suppose the the Barker side of it as well. Yeah. Kind of like I suppose. It's kind of Lovecraftian as well, a lot of the Barker stuff. Like well, Barker, it has that, he's more modern day. Yeah. Um, he, he, his is definitely more blood and guts. Yeah, but there's a bit more of that element of mystery and that kind of... Sure. Trying to unravel the There's an underworld like, below our world yeah, and all of... Clark Bar- like, away from like, trying to... The fucking crazy. Nightbreed comics. I was going to say Nightbreed. Yeah, yeah exactly. Nightbreed. That, you're trying to find something. Yeah. You're searching for Midian the whole Take time. Take me like, to Midian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's go to Midian. Fuck <laughs> right. Thanks for listening, folks. Later. Oh, yeah, don't forget, if you are going into the shop to get any comics, if you are a standing order customer, you get 10% off all back issues. So if you see any cool horror back issues, 10% off. Which you do have. Yes, we do have lots of. And that doesn't the best to get more out. Aren't you, Trying. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Boy.